0: Hey everyone, you know Brennan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as forty-eight hours, and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com/slash podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the DoubleDoing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deak. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast or everybody to listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. Really cool episode coming for you today. I am joined by NFL YouTuber, Big Game Bengal is his Twitter name, and he also goes by Bengal. What's going on, man? You're not too much. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk some football, even if you are an Eagles fan. <laughs> I was waiting for the the little tension to come. So you are a New York Giants fan. I wanted to start with this. How did you become a New York Giants fan? Uh, I was born in New Jersey, New uh, Jersey. Giants Yankees fan growing up and
1: um, yeah I I mean same thing with dad from the area Um, so just grew up a Giants fan and and grew up in a good era for the most part of Giants football Uh, as a late 90s kid you know the Giants were instantly in the Super Bowl against the Ravens didn't come out on top but I was you know too young to care anyway and then you know obviously some Cinderella story runs in the, the late 2000s and early 2010
0: so not too bad. Although kind of a dark path after that for a bit, <laughs> I am an Eagles and Blue Jays fan, so we're we're, we're buttonheads right there. Um, were you around for the miracle at the Meadowlands, number two? Yeah, my unfortunately, so. yeah, that was uh, that was probably my favorite. I movie. still can't watch the highlights uh, <laughs> of that. It's Matt Dodge. I mean, nightmares forever. Yeah. Let's talk about your New York Giants, man. They've been very active. Um, they have re- They signed Paris Campbell. They, re- they brought back Darius Slayton. They signed Bobby Okereke. Give me what you're thinking on your New York Giants so far. Lost uh, lost Julian Love today to Seattle. Yeah. So, I mean, Jason Pinnock's probably going to start
1: at strong safety, which is frightening. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm really ecstatic about the Okara move move uh, and, and trading for Darren Waller. I'm skeptical, yet
0: I, I'm leaning towards optimistic because I don't have another choice. Uh, like it's a lot swing. of money. It, I like the swing, but, like, I, you, you brought this up on your YouTube video. It's kind of like a – a low risk high reward kind of thing, right? They can cut, they can get rid of that contract right away. I know he's, he has, he's been battling injuries, but he's a dynamic player. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that he's going to be the main feature in the giants offense. I wouldn't be surprised because I mean, you see what they're doing. It's like wide receiver by committee. You look at that, that team, you could rate all those receivers pretty similarly, even if, you know, maybe Isaiah Hodgins plays a different role as the actual like big possession receiver, but Sterling Shepard, slot, Wondell Robinson, if he's healthy, slot. What are you going to do with Darius Slayton? Deep threat, still can't really catch the football. Um, but they're all kind of about the same. Paris Campbell, probably a slot, even if he's better as a deep threat. I don't know. I, I can't really differentiate these receivers. I can't really give you like a two or a three that I want out there more often. So it's going
0: to have to be Darren Waller that the Giants are going to have to lean on. Let's rewind a little bit to kind of what they did earlier in the offseason. What do you make of re-upping Daniel Jones for four years and taking Saquon Barkley? Do you think this was kind of the right direction to go in? Because I'm so torn on it. Uh, me and my podcast hosts were kind of all over the place with this one. We don't know if this was the right move. I feel like they kind of played their way into this. Like this wasn't the game plan for Joe Shane and Brian Dable when they took the – when they were both hired last year and they kind of just had success fall in their lap and then this happened. So what, what do you, was this the direction you would have went in this off season? Or do you think they, they should have maybe let Daniel Jones walk or sign him to a one-year deal franchise tag. And what, what do you make of kind of the quarterback running back signings?
1: Yeah. I mean, the unfortunate thing it'd be like, it'd be awesome. Hey, just get him on a, a one-year deal or a two-year deal. The franchise tag is what I was in favor of at first or the non-exclusive franchise tag, 32 mil. And then you have them locked up for 2023. And it's, it's almost like another prove it year. And I don't know what scenario where Daniel Jones could have played into 45 or 50 million a year on, on a prove it deal. You're already paying him a ridiculous amount. Uh, The giants, I guess would technically have an out in the contract after the 2024 season, still 18 million dead cap, but you would clear uh, a ton of money still about 30 million doing that anyway. So I, I don't know. It's he's not worth 40 million. I, I think that's pretty obvious. It's just, what were your other alternatives? I'm not yeah. sure there were many. And does Daniel Jones do enough to, to put you in a position to win? He's trending that way. I think the team's still going to have to be way better around him. I think he's just an athletic Jimmy G in some ways. So, you know, Jimmy G has been good enough to win for the Niners. Daniel Jones, I think, is trending towards being good enough for the Giants to win even if I, I still don't
0: love their chances against Philadelphia or even Dallas. He's the Daniel Jones re-up is the perfect example of like NFL fans freaking out of, why did you make this move? It's like you always have to look what what other move could they have made? Like it's always, we shouldn't have signed this guy, but you have to look, what is the alternative? And that is kind of what free agency in the offseason is about is whenever a signing happens, you have to think about could they have done something else? And I don't really know what the Giants could, like what could they have done? They're, they're not high up in the draft. They have other needs, other positions. Like it kind of felt like they had to make a resolution with Daniel Jones or they were kind of screwed for the next maybe year or two. So I don't hate it, I, but I kind of agree with you. Like $40 million for him is a lot. It's
1: They're paying $40 million annually for a bridge quarterback, at least right now. You know, maybe it changes, but, you know, Daniel Jones has not really shown anything to be like a valuable quarterback. He's He doesn't have the arm. He doesn't have the deep accuracy. And those are kind of like, you know, two of the top traits you look for for, you know, the top quarterbacks in the league. And he just hasn't shown that yet. And he's going into his age, 26 season. The thing is the giants are just so bad. You talked about the roster holes. There are so many of them and Daniel Jones, at least for we'll say minimum two years with the contract, lets you not worry about quarterbacks so much and just focus on building the rest of the team up. And then, so maybe you can just throw a quarterback into the starting role in three years, whoever the next up and coming great quarterback prospect is. You know, maybe you have something there. Maybe you have an opportunity to move
0: up, but it, it's always tough because the better you get, the tougher it is to find a quarterback. Let's let's stick in the NFC East. Let's talk about the Washington Commanders here. Do you have any idea what direction they're going in? They just signed Jacoby percent. They don't have an owner right now. The owner. It sounds like uh, <laughs> Dan Snyder is going to be selling. F- full disclosure: My dad's a diehard Washington Commanders fan. I'm the asshole son that chose the <laughs> rival team, and he wakes up every morning looking at his phone, waiting to see if Dan Snyder finally sells. He I can't wait to give him the phone call that it happened when it does happen. But um, it's a bizarre situation there. Like Jacoby Percet, the Sam Howell quarterback room, they they, they made some other weird signings. Like where is this team going, man? You know, I kind of like Sam Howell. Maybe I'm in the
1: minority there, okay. but I, he didn't look awful at the tail end of last year. And no, he really no. hasn't had many opportunities. I liked him as a prospect. I don't know how you felt about him, but I, I didn't think there was any way he'd be available in the fifth round. And then all of the quarterbacks fell and the commanders pulled the trigger. You know, I think you have like a solid, you know, day two prospect type quarterback there. And, you know, they made a couple additions on the offensive line, brought in former giant Nick Gates. You know, there are uh, some holes on the offensive line still, but you're able to hold on to Charles Leno for the future. He's probably your starting left tackle for at least 2023. Uh, And Jacoby Brissett, I think at minimum, is a really good backup option. He outplayed Cleveland's starting quarterback last year. Uh, they're they're a bit of a mess, of course, but I think they've made a couple of additions on the offensive line and free agency to set them up for a corner in the draft. I think I would be shocked if they didn't go corner. So I, I think they're continuing to build what is a very solid defense. The defensive line's great. You bring back Deron Payne, massive contract. Like they still have great pieces, and I think the big—I don't want to say question mark, but big kind of somewhat unknown right now is how the Washington commanders are going to look with a healthy chase young. That's yeah. a really, really
0: good defensive line. If he's ready to go, they seem like they just, if they had an owner, if they had some just sort of like, like constant, like knowing what the owner is going to be and in that to direction, who's paying the paychecks. Yeah. <laughs> it screams Lamar Jackson to me. Like, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't be in that in that boat. But again, the whole signing, the, the whole offer sheet thing, like it's probably not going to happen. No team's going to dial up a contract for him. But they're just been in quarterback absolute hell for the last few years. And I just, I don't, like, I get the Sam Howell thing, but what's funny with Sam Howell is like, why do they love him so much now and they didn't love him during the season? Like yeah, he was in your building all year. Like <laughs> why, why did all of a sudden you play plays, I guess, an okay game against the Cowboys in week 18. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, we're all, we're all in on Sam Howell, like. He was in your building every day. You saw him at practice. Like, I don't really understand, like, the change of just, like, we, we like him now. It just – it yeah, It's not
1: consistent for sure. Yeah,
0: exactly. Okay, last one in the NFC East, Dallas Cowboys. The most interesting thing about the Cowboys' obviously so far, I believe, is they haven't uh, extended Dak Prescott. He they, they did restructure his contract. I, I thought an a extension was coming to kind of free up some cap space for the few years, and then you, you gave him another deal. He's your quarterback for the next four or five years or whatever. Right now, he is set to become an unrestricted free agent after the 2024 season, which is very interesting. This this kind of leaves like this year as like he's he's got to play well. If he doesn't, it opens the door for all types of different conversations next year. What do you make of what the Cowboys have done so far?
1: I don't I don't know how you feel about this.
0: Dak Prescott is not nearly as bad as everyone seems. Agreed. To think. I am <laughs> as an Eagles fan, I am a Dak believer. I love the guy. I think he's the top. I, I think he's a top 7, 8 quarterback. I'd have to kind of have the names in front of me to, to, to yeah, rank I, him. i, I, I somewhere I'm in that range top, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's a good player. He's a good quarterback. Like, he hasn't won the big
1: game, which is what everyone is concerned about. But it, it takes a village, right? It takes a full team. It's not just the quarterback. But Dak did not play well in the playoff game. So that's going to linger in everybody's mind. And, and, of course, you know, Dallas is one of those fan bases that is – I would say uh, radioactive in a way and then like, or or toxic so much so that they're going to react to, you know, any little thing and make it huge. And their owner, I don't think is too different. I think usually it wouldn't matter, but your owner is the same way. And he's also the general manager. So I think the grass isn't always greener. I I would be stoked if Dak left the division. Um, I don't, I don't know that you're going to do a whole lot better right now. Like is Dak, you know, close to Patrick Mahomes? No, but he's a lot further away from, you know, the bottom of the league than he is. Um, to like to Cooper rush, for example, like <laughs> not, not that he would be there the guy
0: screaming for Cooper, Rush to take his job. After. It was like the most idiotic, I guess, topic on, on sports TV stations and whatnot. It was driving me nuts.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think that um, there's still a team I worry about. They brought back some of their bigger free agents, like bringing back LVE who's good again, I think was big. Uh, They brought back Cooper rush, huge (laughs) Donovan Wilson for three years. Like those are, those are solid players, maybe, you know, Cooper rush, whatever, but like they managed to keep some of their big guys. Connor McGovern's really the only one you lose. And you're like, okay, that might be a player we have to worry about replacing just because at worst, he's a good swing guard. So I I don't know. I I think they're still going to be really competitive. I think if Dak bounces back and has a great year, like this is all going to go away. And I think Mm -hmm. that, Definitely has potential to happen. Before injury, like a couple years ago, everyone was on the Dak train for for the first time ever. Even I, early in his career, I'm like, this guy can't throw because I don't think he could. But then he, he developed and he becomes one of the top quarterbacks and suddenly they're a team you really have to
0: worry about. Yeah. It's funny with the Cowboys. Like Everyone always blames Dak and blames the defense. If he just... What, what I always like to do is take a look at the books and say, like, where's the money going? And if the, if the guys that are getting paid the top didn't contribute. Dallas is the perfect example of this. Like, they paid Michael Gallup a, a crap ton of money. They paid Dalton Schultz a shit ton of money last year. Ezekiel Elliott a shit ton of money. The guys that were making a lot of money didn't produce. That, that was it. Like, the Dallas Cowboys didn't spend their money wisely last year. And that was the reason why. It was not Dak Prescott. It was It was the fact that the resources weren't allocated to the right people.
1: I mean, I hate the Cowboys, but even I was like, God, dude, I can't watch Zeke anymore. It's too tough. Yeah. It, was, it was just like watching a, like a retired running back come back. It was like watching Emmitt Smith Cardinals, I imagine. And it was just, he's still on the team. He's 27 yeah. or whatever. <laughs> glorified was, fullback at the end. It's
0: $60 million. Mike Tolbert. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't tell the difference. It was brutal. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, quickly, actually, well, let me get some your Eagles thoughts quickly. Why not? Give me what you think of what the Eagles have done. They're really good. They're really good. I mean, they stay good. They make the right moves. It's crazy. Like
1: I, I think two years ago, even fans are calling for Howie Roseman's job, and
0: now was it, one of them. It was one of my biggest regrets. I was all aboard the fire Howie train, and I ate shit for it. I, I think it's just I am willing to give a little
1: bit of leeway when you've had success. I think when the Eagles haven't had, you know, any Super Bowl success their entire history, and then howie roseman doug peterson come in they beat the patriots in the super bowl and then within what two years you know you have people calling for their jobs i just thought it was a little bit a little bit too quick maybe it was three years but you know doug peterson's a great coach we see what he's doing in jacksonville and maybe you prefer Sirianni. i think it might have just worked out anyway still have howie roseman so no harm no foul Mm -hmm. but i think you got to trust the guys that have proven they can be trustworthy yeah like it's tough if you're a fan every year and you see okay how he's gonna go d-line or o-line and he's never gonna take linebacker even though we need linebackers so bad or or maybe even this year it's Bijans on the board and we have boston scott i know they ever Rashad penny just thrown out an example but they're they're a team to worry about obviously um
0: who are their big moves is chauncey gardner johnson still he's on the market still on the market he is like losing his mind on social media, he's deleting pictures, he's <laughs> tweeting that like periods. He's tweeting, I'm getting disrespected. He's not the market has not been what he thinks it's been. Right? Or what Don't you love the social it. media era? God, like it, the Eagles have so many of those guys, like Darius Slay, love him, but so active on social media. You got Chauncey gardner John, like the, the thing with the Eagles, I, I like what they've done because they brought back the secondary that was one of the best pass defense in the NFL and they didn't do it like at a very expensive rate. And Rashad Penny was a nice swing. Like I was on board to have Rashad Penny. I was one of my guys that I wanted to take a swing on. I thought I think every move Howie's done, I would have done. Like I, I don't I don't think there's any regrets, but it hasn't been exciting. Just going back to like quickly the twenty like to what you were talking about earlier. I one of my biggest like I guess pet peeves with Howie was. He, I I hated seeing Doug Peterson walk and how he stayed because I was a big Doug Peterson guy. I thought if Doug was going, how he's got to go in the twenty. I don't know, like if you remember the twenty twenty Eagles, but it was one of the worst football teams I've ever watched. They (laughs) only ended up with the sixth overall pick, I believe. But man, it was like Carson Wentz running in the back of his guard every play. The 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 roster was old and expensive, so that that was kind of where my my mindset was at. But we all overreacted. Howie Roseman is a great general manager, but yeah, they they brought reasonable. they also signed Greedy Williams, too, yesterday. That's, that I, was what I was just going to bring up. Yeah.
1: Is I'm, I would be kind of excited about that if I were the Eagles. And maybe it's just, you know, thinking about him at LSU. I'm like, he was a decent player a at LSU. There. Yeah, He's been okay for the Browns. I know injuries have been a little bit of a problem, or at least I thought so. Um, and that's a, another low-risk, potential high-reward for a boundary corner, which w- not always easy to find. Mm-hmm. And you brought back Darius Slay anyway. And you brought back James Bradbury anyway, but you can really never have enough corners.
0: And yeah. they're they're kind of set up at the position now. Yeah, they, they got lucky last year. Darius Slate and James Bradbury started all 17 games for them. That rarely happens. So, like that that's probably something they were thinking. Like, we gotta get some death behind them. It, it doesn't like starting quarterback duos what maybe six or seven per year on teams that start all seventeen games, it doesn't happen very often. Um you, okay. do you think they're gonna take a swing at corner high in the draft or no? I think they'll go best player available. If if I really like Christian Gonzalez right now, that that's where my kind of my head's at. Yeah, um, I haven't watched to. a lot of Devin. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of Witherspoon yet, so I don't have really a take on him. But
1: very good too. The corners—it's love... hard not to fall in love with every corner in the class for four rounds. Honestly, they—they <laughs> really? they all there are so many good slots, and there are more good boundaries than I've probably ever watched. It's it's pretty unbelievable because you can get in a round two, and find what would be first round corners in any other draft class. And they're going to be, I mean, Joey Porter jr. Is probably a top 10 pick a lot of years and he might not even be
0: the second or third corner off the board this year. It's just crazy. I was going to ask you this like at the end of the show, but let's just do it now with draft. Give me some of your draft uh, crushes. I guess that's how I kind of categorize them. I've
1: been a little slow this year. I haven't been as deep into it. I've only really, I I have barely watched any offensive line, which I usually do save that for last just because I, I'm more of a novice with that position. Um, but I do, I really do like Devin Witherspoon, but you know, the first round guys, it's kind of easy. Um, it's also tough not to see some of these guys perform really well at the senior bowl. Like Keanu Benton is somebody that I think, I I, I think he's going to be an Eagle for whatever reason. He just strikes me. So I, I hate to bring him up, but Keanu Benton is someone I like a lot. You, you took probably a nose tackle or at least what he was doing at Wisconsin. And, I mean, he's got some some pass rush flash to him, and that's pretty tough to find on the interior, as you know, and, and you've been lucky to see some of him, Fletcher Cox, over the years. I, uh, I'm i excited about him. Um, Dion Henley, everybody talks about. I, I think with the linebacker class this year, it's not about finding the complete guy. You know, maybe Trenton Simpson or Drew Sanders is your best shot, but I think it's about finding – the different role players that are going to be fun. Like Ivan Pace from Cincinnati. I don't think he's an every down player, but he's a really good athlete. I think he's a fantastic blitzer. I think he'd work really well for the giants, for example, in that real like attacking three, four, just send him up the middle wink loves to do it. And I think, you know, he's a player that can I call him a draft crush? Do I think he's a complete player? I think he's a steal and not necessarily, but I think in the right scheme, he could be really, really effective. There are a lot of players like that. I like, uh, Josh Downs from UNC quite a bit, but I recognize his
0: limitations. Um, and I, I Tyler Scott from Cincinnati is kind of in that same. Oh yeah, let's me. go! I'm on the Tyler Scott hive. I'm he baffles me because he looks so much faster on tape than he did in the forty. I couldn't believe the four yeah. four seven or whatever it was. Yeah,
1: he he. I thought he really could have got into the four twos, which sounds just absurd because nobody runs in the four twos mm-hmm. except for TJ Turner this year. Yeah. But I, he was the fastest player on the field all the time Agreed. at Cincinnati. So I don't, I don't really know how he ran in the four <laughs> yeah. four. I don't get it. But track I, I would, speed's different from game speed. I don't really care. Sure. I have people, uh, you know, begging me to change my draft class in Madden that I have, and they're like, "Why? Why is this guy faster? Oh, how could Josh Downs be a deep threat? He ran four or five. Same thing about Tank Dell or whatever." Yeah. I'm like, because you gotta watch them, like it does I don't care what their forty time was. This isn't a race. It's how effective are you able to maybe beat press and run by a guy uh, mm-hmm. or set somebody up with an inside move and then you know hit the go route and 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 run by everybody. I don't know i I, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> Discourse on
0: Twitter is like the worst thing it ever. Is especially with like the, the NFL combine. Like it's just a waste. I'm thinking saying it was a waste of time, but like it's point, a fun event, but yeah. people are, people always
1: get way too caught up in the numbers. Agreed. Like I had Nolan Smith at 10 pre combine. I, I put him up to the Eagles cause I'm like, you know what? Great athlete potential, our potential Hassan Reddit clone. If the Eagles are looking that way um, and without injuries, highly productive. Is it a bit of an overdraft? Maybe and then he lights up the combine and suddenly it's like oh yeah that actually makes sense now it's like well if it didn't make sense before the combine it doesn't make sense now you got to you got to pick a decision there uh, and stick to it I, I if you think the player is good enough it makes sense but the combine's not changing anything it's it's the interviews it's the medicals and if somebody tests really badly okay maybe then you start to worry but i don't really think there's been more than like two or three instances over the the last five years where players really truly raised their stock from athletic testing at the combine. I think maybe the big one this year is Atamiwa Adabare from Northwestern. Yeah. Just because I've, I've never seen a 280 pound defensive tackle run in the four fours before. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe you go okay, let's reevaluate what we have here. But
0: for the most part, I mean, come on, it's a yeah. it's a it's a show. What do you think about Tyree Wilson uh, quickly? This is a guy that I can't can't figure out. He seems like a dude I'd love. Like I loved the early tape on him like I was like this is my draft crush. It's the kind of the, the the weeks and days have gone on, like I'm starting to push back a little bit. I'm an ageist when it comes to the draft. I hate drafting guys in the first round that are over 22 years old. He's going to be 23 when the season starts. I can't make up my mind on him. I want to love him so much and I want him to be like my number one guy, but I don't know. What, what do you he, make of him? He was somebody I got to in summer scouting, and I was I was like, okay, he could be in
1: play for the number one overall pick. We just saw what happened with Trayvon Walker, uh, and he's someone I, I really haven't gotten big into in twenty twenty two tape, unfortunately. But I've seen a little bit, and I, I still see the length. I just worry, I worry is he is he not polished enough as a pass rusher for his age, and that that is the big question. It seems like you have the the similar. question there it's he's been productive in the big 12 too uh he sets the edge well you know he's gonna be a good run defender he's got the length Uh, he's not quite Trayvon Walker I don't I don't think he's got the movement and space skills but I think he's got some of those same traits that made him a a really appealing prospect I do like him I think he's gonna be a good player and it's tough for me with the age thing because you know if, if you have them for 23 24 25 26 on their rookie deal like you could still very easily have them for their prime Mm -hmm. it's just and even with the fifth year option bring them up to 27 it's just would you prefer someone who's a little bit worse who's 21 what if they never reach that ceiling of the guy who's just a little bit ahead of them it's a tough conversation i really don't know i like him as a prospect i think he's gonna go high i think seattle's gonna take him i don't really see him getting out of the top 10 i agree i think seattle of five makes so much sense Everyone is like, "Oh, stop doing this when i whenever I mock Tyree Wilson of Seattle, but I'm like it' just it, how can I not? They yeah. beefed up the interior now in free agency. he's got the length it, look at the draft history of John Schneider with the Seahawks, and Tyree Wilson, you know you could you could pick out from space with a telescope and key in on him. It's like they're gonna draft Tyree Wilson. maybe they go a different direction, but it makes way too much sense. Seattle' is a team that goes. Similarly to the Eagles, similar philosophies there, except Seattle will take the odd linebacker in the first round. They like O-line, D-line, high in the draft. Mm-hmm. And with Tyree Wilson there, you had a big need on the edge. Even with the rise of Uchenna Nawosu uh, you spent, what was Boye Mafe top 50 pick last year? Something in yep. that range. Like you, you've invested a little bit in the position, but to get a, a definite three down edge player. Um, and then maybe Uchenna Nwosu who's like your move around guy, your DPR, if you will, uh, or Boy can play that, you know, you yeah, actually start to form a formidable defense. So I, it just makes too much sense to me. Even if Jalen Carter's there, I don't even know if Seattle does it, especially after Malik McDowell, you bring in Draymond Jones in free agency, you bring in, uh, Jaron Reed back, former Seahawks. So I don't know that they need to take interior defensive line as much as they needed to. Tyree Wilson just screams. He's going to be the pick. I I don't know who else
0: to give them at that spot. Agreed. Yeah, he he screams a Pete Carroll pick. I agree, and and John Schneider as well. They it's funny because that they had such a rough like kind of draft stretch before last year, but this draft like this that twenty twenty two draft is looking like impeccable.
1: Now John Schneider seems like a a genius again. You're going back (laughs) to like Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas uh, and Richard Sherman. It's like now he seems like a genius again. It's just the yeah. the big DBs with
0: the exception of Earl Thomas, I guess. So. Yeah. Um I was going to ask you about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, but I don't think we need to go there. Do you have a big take on that? He's going to be the Jets quarterback. <laughs>
1: yeah, Who yeah. knows with it's I I think it's going to end up being 13. I think the Jets are going to be like, okay. "You know what? All right. We've we've set it up for Aaron Rodgers. We if we're going to have to pull the trigger on it and it has to be 13, we're going to bite the bullet and just do it." Now it might not be it could be a second could be a player like uh, I feel like Elijah Moore might be in that trade. If I'm the Packers I'm asking for more. So yeah I tweeted that. I'm like that would be that would be cool for the Packers cuz then you look at their receiving trio, we'll call it, and it starts to look a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. But I Think it's going to end up being former top five pick Corey Davis. <laughs> that's who oh, I think. Oh, really?
0: It is. I feel like they would just cut him. Right? Why would the Packers take him? His contract is a mess.
1: Yeah, it, it is fair, uh, yeah. but I think with the contract of Aaron Rodgers, they might be looking to uh, kind of like
0: balance it a little bit. So that, that's win. what I that's what I think is going to happen, but we'll see. Okay. Um, last question for you before we get out of here. Um, first overall pick. Let's go back to the draft. So Carolina Panthers hold it now. Uh, I haven't done too much QB scouting. That's going to be basically my task next week. Um, hit me with what you think the Panthers should do. What's going to happen with the quarterbacks. And I guess if you have like a take on the rankings, I know it's still early, but what have you seen so far?
1: So I, I have, I have watched the quarterbacks pretty extensively. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a Bryce Young QB one guy, despite oh, yeah. the size. I think it's, you know, now more than ever with all the rules where you can't sneeze on the quarterback or else it's 15 yards and a first down. I think Bryce Young set up to be more effective than ever. Or his type, I know it's unprecedented that you'd see, you know, a 5'10, 190 bound quarterback, but he's so good. So I'm I'm over it. I, I don't care. I, I think I should care, but I'm not running a team, so I don't care. I'm I'm in on Bryce Young. CJ Stroud's really good. If you get Georgia college football playoff game, CJ Stroud, he could be the best QB in the draft because he has that full complement of Size and then also athletic ability, which we really had never seen from him before, uh, and accuracy for days. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've probably ever watched, and that's not necessarily like you know, like driving the football, it's, it's he can hit every touch throw. Um, but he is he's a really solid prospect. I just prefer the improvisation ability of Bryce Young. I, if I were the Panthers, I would take him because he's my QB1. I think they will take CJ Stroud because. Okay everyone's saying it so it's got to yeah. be true
0: that that's all i got on that you got to follow the breadcrumbs sometimes yeah well it's still it's still early right like the there's so much always just noise and nonsense with the first overall pick around this time like i still remember do you remember the trey lance nonsense two years ago oh my mac goodness. jones oh fuck i i was banging like I, i'm in like i have a group with like friends that like we call it like a betting group and i was banging like every day i wake up and be like Trey Lance is currently, like, plus 700 right now to go third overall. And every morning I wake up, like, this, like absolutely nuke this. Like, he's not – like, Mac Jones is not going third overall. Then eventually, Trey Lance goes. Like, it just – I still think it's really early for the first overall. Like, who knows? Someone could change their mind in that building. Something could happen. I don't know. I just – I agree. It sounds like CJ Stroud. If you read kind of what Frank Reich likes in a quarterback, it, it screams CJ Stroud. They like – that he's worked with pocket passers before, Phillip Rivers and whatnot. So – I think that's the pick, but I do think there's a long way to go. And I I, I agree with you, though. So far, I do like – I think Bryce Young's QB1, I don't think I'll change that after I kind of watch in depth. I just – the size worries me, but man, like his, he can make any throw, escape the pocket with the best of them, and I just don't think you overthink it. Like the, the other three guys to me have more question marks with their playing game than Bryce Young does, and it's just the size with him, and I think, you, I think that's a swing worth taking. Bryce Young dragged a – the worst
1: Alabama team we've seen in in some time dragged them in position to be, you know, one spot away from the college football playoff. And that was, I mean, the defense was good. The offense was terrible. I mean, name a receiver on Alabama and you're going to be in a tough spot. (laughs) Treshawn Holden was the X. He went to Oregon and then I think is off the team. Now He got into some legal trouble. Um Maybe maybe he's not officially off the team, but anyway, Trayshawn Holden's no good is my point. And uh, Bryce Young was just phenomenal. Watched him live at Texas. It it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> it was it was like watching my soul get ripped from my body with every you know play he would make. It, it was incredible. Like that's the guy for me because he can drag a team. I don't know that C.J. Stroud can do that. Played with. Some of the best receiving prospects we've seen, Marvin Harrison Jr. And then I think Ameka Abuka was the number one receiving uh, recruit in his class or very close to it, depending on what website you look at. Like, There's so much talent on that team. The offensive line was great. He's putting up numbers against Maryland and Rutgers. I don't care. Like, He's good. I know he can make all the throws. The thing I don't know is what he can do when he's not surrounded by all of that talent in comparison to the rest of the teams he's going up against. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Panthers will be, will be caught in a tough decision. You talk about all the kind of unknowns leading up to the draft. I mean, I remember 2018 Baker Mayfield, it seemed like was the first overall pick three days before it actually came. I, I, I think it was Sam Darnold for a while. Um, and even maybe Josh Rosen got thrown in there a little bit, but I think it was Sam Darnold was expected to be the guy and then he wasn't. And then Kyler Murray at number one, you know, that didn't seem to be solidified to the public, at least a day before maybe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got a point. We never really know at this point, smoke screens or smoke mirrors, whatever's going on, whatever analogy, we don't
0: really know that
1: much yet. We'll see.
0: Bengal, thanks so much for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Bengal YouTube. Make sure to check out his YouTube channel at Bengal. You won't regret it. Thanks so much for doing this, man. Really appreciate it. You're very knowledgeable and love your content.
1: Thanks for having me on. It was fun.